so this is the part of the service that we're going to open up uh, the Bible together. What a morning, eh? What a morning. God is so good. He is so gracious, and He is here uh, with us. He is changing lives, and He is building His church, and we have so much to celebrate this morning. And as we, as we announced our exciting news, and there's a lot to be thankful for this morning, and we're expecting for more stories for more people discovering Jesus, and for Inverness to know that there is a God pursuing them and ready to meet them exactly where they are at. Uh, with it being our first birthday, it made me reflect on uh, my birthdays growing up. I remember, there's a couple of significant birthdays. I remember, I think it might have been, my mom and dad are here this morning as well, my 10th birthday. I remember my mom inv invited all my school friends and we were in uh, our garage and we had a disco in our garage. And we're playing musical statues, and my mum had the cassette player. Just lots of memories uh, of that. And for my 10th birthday, I think I got WWF wrestlers. I used to be into to wrestling, so I'd collect all the, the WWF wrestlers. And I remember my 18th birthday as well. My 18th birthday, we went to Ibrooks Rangers Football Stadium, and uh, which maybe isn't much to shout about these days, but back then... <laughs> Back then, it was, it was quite the thing. But I remember um, my mum and dad arranging a minibus to take us all. And it was the Drumchapel Baptist Church minibus. And I was mortified. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm in this And they kitted it out with balloons. And it was just the most special, special day. And then I think back to my 30th, and I don't really remember much about it. I think the older you get, you kind of just want to, to push on, don't you? you don't, they don't mean as much. You want to block it out the older you get. But we are in a reflective mood as a church. And me and Mary wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world right now doing anything else. We are so, so thankful. We are, are starting a new series this morning called Encounters with Jesus. And as we reflect on the last year, as Mary and I stood next door in the, the little drama studio eh, with six of us on team serving croissants and coffee and eh, muddling through the morning and thinking, oh, this is, this is Inverness Vineyard Church, we're beginning uh, exactly a year to the day as we uh, were unpacking and living this dream that God has placed in our hearts. We want to say that we are living the dream, but it's only in part right now. We're living the dream, but it's only in part. There is more, and this is just the, the beginning, and we are so excited for what's to come. And to see everyone sitting with us this morning people that we've ate with, we've coffeed with, we've chatted with, we've laughed with, we've cried with, we've prayed with. This is a family. And several times, even today and over the last few weeks over the October holidays, we've had people visiting us and just that sense of family, that this is a really precious value that is to be protected as a church, this sense of family, this sense of welcome. This is God breathing this into our community and it's to be, it's, it's, it's a gift from Him. And there is more to come for us all. As I look around the room and I've shared, and we've shared some stories this morning there's, of Jesus and his goodness, there's a common thread throughout that. And there's an important thread that most of us here have an, ex have a, an experience of an encounter with Jesus that has led to a life lived with him. And you might not be a Christian this morning, and it's our prayer that this morning is the morning that, that changes everything, that, that you welcome him in. And uh, whether it be in the last year or not, Jesus has met us in significant ways. We have had time and time again encounter moments happen. And this word encounter is interesting. Uh, the Latin is in contra, which means in against. 
and it defines a meeting or a confrontation. When we encounter Jesus, our worldly ways are met with love. God's presence is revealing and weeding and shaping all that the world has taken root in us. And we see change. We see transformation. We see a collision. And when we let God in, there's no contest. And our vision on this little banner here is that this is a place where people come alive. And for that to be at the heartbeat of our church, encounters with Jesus are the bread and butter of that. Meeting with His Spirit and being filled up is paramount. Knowing that when we meet with Jesus that we are treasured, that we are loved, that we are free from sin. And that is so, so powerful to take into our weeks that freedom and that truth that the old is gone and the new is here. And as we gather in this little dance studio, we long for what goes on here to happen out in our city. We long that what we have, that the people in our city will have, that what we know, the people in our city and shire will know. So we want to create opportunities to make that happen. And that's why we're releasing people. That's why we've shared in terms of kids' work and dreaming, because we believe God is speaking in this area. And we want to be a church that takes risks. And as I've said, we have seen God provide in remarkable ways. Near enough a year to the day, we had just over £16,000 given to us from our sending church, which has allowed some equipment to make this happen. It's allowed me to, to work two days a week from the offset to sow in to church life, to start gathering and to increase uh, having more regular services. And then we receive a gift over £20,000, which has allowed us to employ four brilliant people for a year start a, a toddler group, give to mission, give to new church plants, give to social transformation in our city, give to the least and the last. We've also been able to set aside a small reserve fund as well, and we've also had, an, uh, we've had a number of uh, our church family give in regular ways via direct debit, identifiable ways, which is so helpful as we budget and plan. A year on, we want risk and faith to be at the heartbeat of our church. Because it was risk and faith that brought it to reality. That's why we are standing here today. And if we look at that 20,000 one-off gift, what that has unpacked and opened up, I would love afresh to ask us, if you call Inverness Vineyard Church your spiritual home, as in you've, you've filled out one of our We Join the Adventure cards and you put it in our voting box. It's like a little voting box, isn't it? You put it in our drop box. You've said, this is my place. If you're part of a small group, if you're serving... If you look around and you say, this is, this is my people here, we would love you to look at your regular identifiable giving to our church. And the easiest way you can do that is to grab one of our You Can Serve cards, which will be uh, over at the table there. And just for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it's biblical. We're called to live generous lives that placing our finances before Jesus and asking them to speak into that is a biblical thing to do. Secondly, we can't do it all. Individually, we can't do it all. We can't go out to all our mission partners and run all our events. We can't do it all, but we can be part of it all. We can be part of it all. And then thirdly, by giving, we are unlocking more opportunities for encounters with Jesus. All the stories we have heard would not have happened without us being carried by others' generosity. So what I want to ask us is what stories has God got for the next year? what chairs are to be filled, what people will be up a year on sharing stories that aren't here today. 
And we don't chat about money loads at Inverness Vineyard Church, but we felt apt at a significant point uh, with our birthday and in this journey. And we'll do so again in January as we set the stall for a year and have our Vision Sunday. And in that Sunday, we'll look in a bit more into the nitty-gritty. If you like numbers, we'll, 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 we'll drill down on some of that and share uh, all of that and report back our year. But can we ask you uh, to take that to the Lord in prayer? That's all we're asking, and to ask him what part have I to play in that. Okay, I want to look at Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38 to 42 this morning, and it might be titled in your Bible, At the Home of Mary and Martha. Uh, just to give you a bit of context, Jesus is out doing amazing things in the towns and cities, and he has sent out more people to do his work, uh, work of the kingdom, and to share the gospel. And in amongst that is lots of opposition. We're finding time and time again there's attack. And he encounters two sisters, which are Mary and Martha. They're both his friends. They're both really special to Jesus, and we're going to read. Why don't we pray before we open God's word? Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much for your word, Lord. Lord, will you make us a people who are hungry for your word? We present afresh our hearts, Lord, our lives, the nine to fives, the worries, the doubts, the joys, the things we haven't told anyone about. And we welcome you afresh into that, Father God. Will you speak this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read these couple of verses. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Amen. You know, I am so, as I hope you, hopefully you can tell, I'm so excited and buzzing with what's happening in our church and what we've mentioned this morning and all the amazing things that are going on. But we must not, as a church, take away, uh, let that take the focus away from Jesus, the one who made it all possible. And as I was preparing this morning, uh, for this morning, there was so much going around my head in terms of what we're to look at and what we're to unpack. And this just seemed to fill the page itself. It just seemed to, yeah, it just seemed to write itself in a sense. So we're going to unpack the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my phone w was up for upgrade. And you know the way your phone gets up for upgrade and you're like, what, what route am I going to take here? What deals are available? I don't want to spend more than I'm spending already. I want to get a good deal. And I have an Android, I had an Android phone and I went back to Apple. Oh, the gasps. People whispering, he'll need prayer. I've went back to Apple. I, I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, I've went back to Apple. And Apple is a story, isn't it? The story of Apple, how Apple formed the company. Two friends in their garage make this computer and it all grows arms and legs. The company gets big. I mean, really big. I'm obviously shortcutting quite a bit here. Uh, 
They had Apple Mac computers, iPhones, iMacs, iPads, iCloud. Lots of money. And then seven years ago, Steve Jobs, one of the founders of Apple, sadly passed away. He got, got ill and passed away. And he was Mr. Apple, wasn't he? He was the man with the vision, the innovation, the driving force, the heartbeat. People hung on his every word at big launches. People would get, get online to watch the product launches wherever they were in the world. But for seven years, the company hasn't had him around. And it's been different. Somebody said the passing of Steve Jobs created a completely different approach to marketing, which we can see the results of. They've had great moments, but some not so great moments. As a marketer, I can look at and see the difference between Steve being there and not being there very clearly. It's really interesting, isn't it? You see, the company Apple, I'm sure, looks very different now, seven years on. The differences are clear, so somebody said. And our prayer is that Inverness Vineyard will never differ from a focus on Jesus. He must remain here. He is at the helm. It's his direction. It's his leading. It's his presence. And he has done some remarkable things in such a short period of time. And it's because of him we stand here. And we don't ever want to lose the focus on Jesus as a church in all the exciting programs, and all the announcements, and all the socials, and all the small groups, and all the ministries, all good stuff. And in the coming years, I'm sure there'll be different approaches and creative ways of, of setting stuff up and reaching our city. Lots of ideas, but they must have Jesus at the center. We must ask, how is this facilitating an opportunity for encounter? How can people meet Jesus through this? How can people come alive and my message this morning to us all is a very simple one, looking at the story of Mary and Martha and their home. And I feel this is a word as we step into a new season as a church, we're to just sit at his feet. Just make sure, church, that we sit at his feet. These two ladies teach us a lot. We learn about permission and letting him in. We learn about perspective and we also learn about protecting our hearts. We must be a people that not only do stuff for Jesus, but we must be a people who know him. And we get to know him by spending time with him. And you know, Jesus is desperate to spend time with us. It's not only that, but he pursues us. He pursues us. Have you ever been chased? Have you ever been chased? I do a lot of chasing now with Joshua and Struan, and it's usually when I'm trying to have a really important chat after church, tea and coffee, and I see him running out to the car park, like, two minutes, and then I'm holding one on the shoulder and I'm grabbing the other one. But when I was younger, I used to go to this big industrial estate, and my mom and dad might not know this actually, and it used to be security fences around it, but there was the best chestnut trees, you get the best conkers. So a group of us would go and there'd be a wee hole in the fence and we'd sneak through and the security cards would come out and the spotlights would come on and the adrenaline when you're running away and you've got some good conkers and you know, you know you're being chased. It was so exciting. So even, it was so, so exciting that I found a couple of conkers and all those emotions came back the other week. I was like, I felt like running. I felt like I was being chased at that time. So, but whatever we throw at Jesus, he still pursues us. He never leaves us. I love Psalm 139. If you ever get a chance in the week ahead, just read Psalm 139. Verse 7 and 8 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. 
If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Theologians speak of this verse demonstrating God's omnipresence. He is always with us. That's quite a thought, isn't it? He's always with us. If we run, he's there. If we're to the other ends of the earth, he's there. It's relentless. No matter what we've done, he's there. That same psalm at the beginning says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. And he's still there for us. Powerful stuff. So what do we do with that? What do we do with that? And this is my first point of the passage. We give him permission to come in. We let him in. Verse 38, Jesus is on his way. He came to a village where a woman called Martha, what did she do? She opened her home. She opened her home. We open up. We have got to let him in. He isn't going to barge his way in. There may be parts of our lives that we have kept firmly locked. Parts of maybe shame or anguish, pain, disappointment, embarrassment, parts that are too precious. We may have to give them up. Addictions that maybe bring relief. Jesus is at the door and he's urging us to welcome him in, to open up. Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I have a, a little sister who's a couple of years younger than me who I, I love dearly, but boy, do we wind each other up. You know, I'm 34, she's 31, and we still, I still look for opportunities to, to wind her up. And often in our teens, in our skirmishes, would result in one of us taking something that's really precious to one of us. And we'd sprint across to the other end of the house, and we'd slam our door. And you know that way you'd sit on the door, the other side of the door, to make sure they can't get in. And one of us would be at the other side, and we'd end up negotiating for about 15, a couple of people nodding their heads, going, I do that now still. <laughs> but we'd end up negotiating the conversation would be rife as to how we're going to resolve this. How am I going to get back? How am I going to get back my Xbox controller? You know, for some of us here, I felt that was a picture that we are at the door, and Jesus is sitting at the other side, and we're making excuse after excuse why we can't let him in. We're telling him all the reasons that we can't, and he wants to remind us it's paid for already. I've sorted it. The first thing that Martha did in this passage, she let him in. But she may have had the invite. You may have had a tick there with that. It was a gift of hospitality, opening the door to Jesus, letting him in. Jesus is in the house, but then her perspective was a bit lost, and she missed out. The message version said, She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said, but Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. We have a lot of people around our house since we moved. We moved a year ago into, in December into a lovely house. And a lot of you have shared food with us. And we have kids almost bouncing around on top of our own kids around the house through the day. And uh, it's carnage. It's carnage. That's, that's all I'm going to say. It's carnage. <laughs> but if you come in the evenings, you see our house at the best. You know, if you're coming around at 7 o'clock... You know, 10 minutes previously, it was just gone. 
and we surprise ourselves, you know, seven o'clock, we're welcome. Hi, come on in. Isn't the house looking great, Mary? But any other time, it's real life. Welcome in. And you know, when we have people who pop in in that moment of the real life moments, they're often the most precious. And it's the biggest reassurance for them and for us because they'll say things like, oh, this is so good to see. You're just like me. And then they'll say, that made my day. Your house is as messy as mine. And then I go, steady on. Come on. I meant to encourage. But you know, Martha got caught up in getting stuff ready. Food, tidying, preparing, whatever it was. It wasn't important. Where Martha missed out, Mary didn't. She was hanging on Jesus' every word, sitting at his feet. You see, Jesus wasn't concerned with rituals, traditions, etiquette, rules, history. This is what's meant to be happening. Why is a woman sitting at my feet? He just wanted to spend time with two dear friends. And Mary got it. She knew what was important. I could almost picture it like Martha is doing and sweating and running and getting it all nice. Perhaps she finally sits down with a digestive and coffee to sit down with Mary and Jesus. And Jesus goes, oh, is that the time? Thanks very much for that, Mary. We'll see you later. What are we missing out on? Martha was so busy with what wasn't important. Busyness is a thief of our time with Jesus. What rhythms of life are we in that are unhealthy for our bodies and unhealthy for our souls? What are we filling time with that neglects precious time with Jesus? And how do we today take that time back? How do we change? What do we change? What is actually important? And I get a lot of that with my boys just now. They're four years old and two years old. And I say to myself, I'm never going to get this time again. I don't want regrets. I don't want to be thinking, I wish I'd taken them to the park more. I wish I'd played more. I wish I'd been silly more. And I want that to translate to us and our relationship with Jesus and as a church. Right now, church, we're never going to get this second year of Inverness Vineyard Church again. What are we holding back on? What is meaningful? What is life giving? What is life sapping? What is Jesus saying to you? And that's a question that I want to stir in our church in this year ahead. It's a question I love. What is Jesus saying to you? When we hang out and have coffees with each other, let's, when we, we get that latte in Starbucks, let one of the questions be, what is Jesus saying to you right now? What's he saying? Are we listening to Jesus as Mary did? Or are we just sitting Mary could hear him, but Martha wasn't near him. And we are in such a distracted culture. It's our biggest challenge to spend time at his feet and have the right perspective. Because the enemy, through social media, technology, is telling us that we are a bunch of Marthas with more to be done. And it will cripple us to look at each other and see, have we met the standard? Have we passed our tests? And Jesus is whispering this morning, be a Mary and just sit yourself down. Sit yourself down at my feet. The rest will see to itself. Spend time with me. That will sustain. That will be worth it. That will fill what's ahead. And we want to journey that collectively. And we, we firmly believe that small groups play a really big part in that. Having communities through the week that we can gather with and share with. And if you're not part of one, uh, we'd really encourage you to do that and to invest in that. We'll have a, a small groups tab up on our website as of tonight with a list of the groups that are available and we'd love you uh, to just sow into that and to invest in that. 
And then we also have a challenge to protect our time at Jesus' feet. You see, Martha invited Jesus in, Mary sat at his feet, and Martha didn't like that and called her out. In the second part of verse 40, it says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, a little bit of history for you. I've never been to Israel, but if you visit the Western or Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, you'll find that it's segregated. So they had parts for men and for women, which included not only the wall, but a prayer area out of view. And Mary broke tradition in that moment, sitting at Jesus' feet. She was bold and with audacity chose to sit at his feet, which was in effect saying, I have as much right to sit at his feet as any man does. And you can imagine Martha at that point, her blood boiling, can't you? You can imagine something stirring in her. I'm, I'm peeling these tatties by myself. I'm getting stuff ready. I'm doing stuff that needs to be done. And my sister is making, not only is she not helping, but she's making one of the craziest moves I have ever seen. What on earth is she thinking? Does she know that that's not allowed? What will Jesus think? Get over here. Jesus, are you seeing? Come on. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. But then Jesus rebukes her and says, Martha, Martha. And really significant, I was just, why did he say her name twice? And it made me think about times when people have said my name twice. And I feel with this, there's a softness and a teaching moment in that. It's almost like, oh, Mary, Mary, why did you do that? (laughs) You begin to feel the tone, don't you? Why, Why has he said it twice? I feel it's a teaching moment. She's again got the wrong perspective. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha not only busies herself with unimportant duties, but she busies herself analyzing her sister's actions and try to get her away from that precious moment. When we spend time at Jesus' feet, our hearts are shaped and filled with the things of God. We change and we see things differently. We live differently. We see good fruit growing in us. And the enemy doesn't like it. He doesn't like it one bit. There's a battle in this world. There's two kingdoms jostling for position. And time spent with Jesus is filled with kingdom potential. Things will happen. We'll see God use us. Our spiritual antennae will be sharper. And we might have some Marthas, just like in that story, to contend with. Who will say to us, what are you you doing? You should be coming and helping me with this. Who don't get it. Life can be hectic, hectic. Our lives are full on with jobs and children and challenges and houses and mortgages and money and family life and illness and supporting folk and serving That's life. But we must protect our time at Jesus' feet. Once we find that sweet spot and that space, protect it with our lives. Time in our days. What is that time in our day that we just spend at Jesus' feet? Protect it. Small group time. Protect it with your life. Sundays, this gathered environment, worshiping together. Protect it. That's our at-his-feet moments. That's our times to humbly come, to just be like Mary did, to listen. What is Jesus saying? 
Inverness Vineyard Church. Let's get excited. Jesus is on the move. But let's not get caught up in doing all the work for him that we miss out getting to know him. He is a good, good father. We sing about that often. And time spent with him, just being, is what will help us through the ups and downs, the questions and the doubts, the laughter and the tears. Being close and listening, just as Mary did. Just sit at his feet. Why don't we stand?